the Bible with me this morning? Your Bible, your iPad. How many of you have Samsungs? Just hold it up, would you? How many Sams are in this place? Just hold it. Yeah, how many iPhones in this place? We win. That's awesome. Hold it up, would you? Let's say it together. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to the book of John, chapter 10? How many of you have it all memorized already? John, chapter 10. How many of you? I'm going to keep preaching on it until you do. How does that sound? Hallelujah. John, chapter 10. How many of you actually have Bibles that have red, red words in them, red letter editions? How many of you have that? Yeah, that's awesome. Red words, chapter 10. Let me read. This is our foundation scripture as we're talking about hearing the voice of God. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, he is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Did you catch that? The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him, because they do not recognize or they do not acknowledge the stranger's voice. This morning as we are carrying on in the series, the Hearing God's Voice series, I want to interrupt the messages on identifying the stranger's voice and address a reality in all of our lives as we grow and develop in this area of hearing. You might remember at the very beginning of the series I shared with you one of the things that the Holy Spirit used to awaken inside of me the reality of hearing God's voice and awaken the possibility of it, hearing his voice and being led by it. Getting to a point where I believed it was actually possible, not just for someone else or the pastor or the pope, but actually for me. Little old me. As a very young believer, I was in my late teens. I shared with you at an Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith concert. I just aged myself, didn't I? Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, performing at a little Baptist church in Edmonton in the early 1980s, and in between the two artists playing, Michael began, and Amy finished it off. In between, there was a guest speaker by the name of Tom Egham. Tom Egham. I've shared with you before, he spoke about his experience of smuggling Bibles into communist countries. First thing they had to do was go to Holland and with Brother Andrew, we all know God's smuggler, with Brother Andrew, they went to Holland and he made this statement. He said, for the first six months, all we did was learn how to hear the voice of God. Because when we got into communist countries, if we couldn't hear we would have no idea where to go, who to meet, what to do. 
six months. I've told you before I had the privilege of meeting Brother Andrew. I'll never forget one of his statements as he met with a group of us pastors and he looked at us and he said, there are people who can tell you there are countries you can't get into. He goes, I want to tell you that's not true. He says, I can get you into any country of the world. He goes, I may not be able to get you out, but I can get you in. I got to tell you, when Tom Egan was speaking, what jumped out at me as I sat there in the midst of that little packed church, it jumped out at me like Tigger from the dark. How many of you have seen, how many of you know who Tigger is? Come on. How many of you have no clue what I'm talking about? How many of you need to be spirit-led and learn about Tigger? All you need is children and grandchildren to learn about Tigger. But I got to tell you what what jumped out at me is when I heard him say he learned to hear the voice of God, I was just captured. You can learn this? The first thing was, I really didn't think that anybody could really hear the voice of God the way Jesus did. I thought it died out 2,000 years ago. The second was this. That had kind of been confirmed to me because I knew people who'd been in the church and Christians for 20 years and 40 years and 60 years and they still struggled. They still didn't think they heard with clarity. So if after 60 years of being in a church and following God, you're not hearing it, how could this newborn believer have any confidence of hearing? To hear him say that this isn't something you have to struggle with your whole Christian walk, to hear him say, in six months you can learn this, I'll tell you, it planted in me such a hunger for that. That night, faith came into me. Faith came by hearing. I believed with all of my being that I could grow to hear the voice of God with clarity and be led by the Spirit of God as all true sons and daughters are. But the question... The question was for me. It's a question that I hear from many of you. I've heard from people over the years. I hear it in the midst of this series. In the in-between time, from where I am now until I am hearing with a clarity that I have such confidence in the in-between time while I'm learning and growing, how do I make decisions now? How do I know God's will in this circumstance now? How do I determine what to do and what not to do now? I'm not there yet. How do I determine? Because the truth is, decisions in life don't stop until I get there. I had decisions yesterday. I'm going to have decisions today. And there's going to be decisions tomorrow. But my hearing clearly is coming here. How do I do it now? That's what I want to share with you this morning. 
This past week, the Lord and I were talking about this, and so I just want to share with you what the Lord gave me. And I'm going to throw it out there. I believe God has already prepared your heart. I'm going to share with you how to navigate during this growth period, and I want to say it again, during this growth period, I want to tell you very bluntly, December 31st of this year, you're going to see a different pastor than you are today because I'm growing this year. I'm going to be different then than I am now. And I'm counting, can I tell you, I'm counting on you doing the same. When you walk in December 31st, I'm going to look at you and go, Oh, you're different than I saw you on March 7th. Someone once said, if you're not growing, you're dying. Someone once said, if the airplane is not going upward, it's going downward. I'll tell you, we're going upward. We're going up. I want to share with you this morning eight things. I narrowed it down from 100. But I do, literally. I want to give you, when I wait on the Lord and the Lord just drops things on me, I just write them down. The Lord gave me eight things. I'm sure there's more. He can do his own. He can talk to you about it. But I want to give you eight things. For those of you in here, you will see them on the screen. For those of you online, God bless you with discernment as I write them on the board. But the first one is this. Would you write down... And the title of this is How to Hear Until You're Hearing. How to Hear Until You're Hearing. Would you write the first one? Ask God anyway. Even though you're not there, ask Him anyway. Inquire of the Lord anyway. I want to tell you, a number of years ago, there was a, uh, a book that took the Western world by storm. I don't know if it ever broke into Europe or broke into Asia. I would doubt it. Some of you may have read it. You'll recognize when I say it. Seven Habits of What? Highly effective people. Is it successful? Sick, I read the wrong book. (laughs) Seven habits of highly something people. The premise was this. If there are things that people who are highly successful do, if you begin doing those, you will become more successful as well. Wasn't that the premise? I want to tell you, Stephen Covey sold how many of those books, millions of those books, because there are people who were motivated to become more successful. There was a pile of people who were totally fine in the rut of their grave, and they didn't want to change that. That's the way it is anytime. The books sold millions. Well, can I ask you, if there was a book out there called Seven, Seven Habits of People Who Hear God's Voice with Clarity... One of the seven would be the continual practice of inquiring of the Lord. The practice of asking, 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 asking. I will never forget as a young boy in Sunday school, I overheard a conversation between my Sunday school teacher and my mom in the basement of our church growing up. Can I just tell you, many of us overheard conversations that people didn't think we were listening to and what we heard in those conversations actually had a huge impact on our life. Unfortunately, most of them were negative. I was in the basement with a bunch of my friends, the Sunday school teacher and my mom, they were together, and I ended up just moving, not intentionally, I ended up moving kind of close to where they were 
And my Sunday school teacher, I heard her say to my mom, she goes, boy, your son asks a lot of questions. And I could tell it was kind of a negative tone. It wasn't like, gee, I love having your son ask all. It was kind of like, he asked too many. Could you somehow shut him down in the class? I could tell that as a little boy. I got to tell you, I didn't realize it then, but I did later. My mom's response had the power to either kill in me the desire to ask and learn or to empower me to carry on. I praise God for my mom's words. In fact, when I get home today, she's at home, she might be watching online. Mom, I'm coming home and I'm going to ask you a question. I doubt my mom even remembers that conversation. But I remember that conversation and her words with distinctness that were embellished, embrazened, burned, asbestos in my life. Her words were this. She looked at my Sunday school teacher and said, that's good. That's how we learn. I hope he keeps it up. Pray for my Sunday school teacher, would you? And I'll tell you, when I heard that from my mom, I ran away from there and played, but something went off inside of me. I kept it up with her. I kept it up with my dad. I kept it up with my teachers. I kept it up with my university professors. I kept it up with my seminary professors. I kept it up with my counseling mentors. I have kept it up, and I keep it up with God. Even when you are struggling to hear, even when you are first learning that you can hear, even when it seems like you're not getting an answer, ask, ask, inquire, inquire, and keep on doing it. Can I tell you why? Develop the pattern right from the beginning. Because people who hear with clarity, they ask and inquire all the time. Not at the very end after they've tried everything out. They ask at the beginning to save themselves piles of time. God, I want to tell you when we ask, first of all, we are saying, God, I believe you're there. And God, I believe you are hearing me. And I believe that one day I will hear you. And because that is your heart, Father, for me to hear, I am going to ask and ask and ask until it breaks through and the answer comes with clarity. I want to tell you, the Spirit of God is working in all of our lives and will continue to. And can I say this? so that not 40 years down the road we can hear. I could discourage you this morning and say, you know what, hearing the voice of God, it's going to be 40 years before you get there. How discouraged would you be? But if I were to say to you, in six months, you could hear with the clarity of Jesus? That changed my life. Would you write down number two? Would you write down, listen intently? Listen intentionally. 
I will never forget a quote that I learned years ago from Martin Luther when I was studying in seminary. Martin Luther made this statement. He said, if I have a half hour to spend with God, half hour in my devotional time, he said this. He said, I will spend five minutes reading. I will spend 10 minutes praying. And I will spend 15 minutes listening. Did you hear that? Five minutes reading, 10 minutes praying, 15 minutes listening. If I were to ask you, if you had a half hour with God, how would you break that down? Can I tell you, most of us would spend 25 minutes reading, five minutes praying, and we would be gone. I've been there. You've been there. Parents, can I ask you a question? Have you ever had a child who came to you and they would ask you something, but as soon as they ask it, they took off before they waited for your answer? Have you ever had that? Those of you who are teachers, those of us who are teachers, you have a student who asks you a question and then it's like when you're telling them they're not even listening to what you're saying? Teachers, we've all had them. How often has God had to deal with that? We ask, and then it's almost like we don't expect an answer. Have you ever asked not expecting an answer in return? Instead of taking the time to listening just in case something might break through, even when we are not hearing with clarity, even in the midst of this process, can I say to you, develop the pattern of listening. Listening for the rhema word. Listening for the still small voice. Listening for what might be the shepherd's voice in the midst of all the other strangers' voices. Begin to develop the pattern of active listening. And I'll tell you why. Because when breakthrough comes in the area of hearing God's voice, we will be listening all the time, not just 15 minutes, all the time. Would you write down number three? Search. The Logos word. In the process of moving from where we are to that hearing, search the Logos word. Let me remind you of what you already know. The word of God is living, right? The word of God is active. The word of God is sharp. In fact, it says, sharper than a two-edged sword. It is the word the Holy Spirit has the ability to use to empower us to hear the voice of God. We need to understand something here. The Logos, the written word, even though it was written for someone else. Did you hear me clearly? Even though that word was written to someone else. God spoke to someone, they heard it, they captured it, they wrote it down, they preserved it over time for 2,000 years, 3,000 years. Some of it is 5,000 years old. As I am seeking God's voice as I am seeking his direction, as I am looking for him to shine light on my path that I need. As I am in the word, the Holy Spirit has a way of causing it to come alive and jump off the page and speak to us in the moment exactly what I need. 
I will never forget. I was in my second year of Bible school, 18 years of age. I went home for the weekend. I was in my basement bedroom downstairs at my parents' house. I was having devotions before I went to bed at night. I opened it up. I was reading in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. And as I read that word, all of a sudden, that word came alive off the page and it changed the entire course of my life. That word caused me to drop law and go into ministry. That word caused me to drop university and go into seminary. That word changed me from moving in this direction into that direction. The Logos word became alive by the Spirit of God and it changed my life long before I had hearing ears. Long before I could pick up the rhema, I picked up the logos. Develop the pattern. Until you hear that rhema with clarity, immerse yourself in the word and believe that God will speak to you through that word specifically in the moment. Would you write down number four? Would you seek godly counsel? In the in-between times, seek godly counsel. I want to tell you, we talked about this at some length yesterday in men's group. In a healthy home, it is absolutely natural when a child has a question or they're struggling with a decision or needing clarity in a situation, in a healthy home, it is absolutely natural for that child to go to mom and dad, whether they're two years of age or 32 years of age or 52 years of age, share their situation and hear the counsel and wisdom, the perspective of their healthy parent. That is natural. That is normal. That is the way it was meant to be. Healthy children with healthy parents, that is the practice. Can I say this? That is also the practice of healthy spiritual children with healthy spiritual parents. Even when one and I got to say this, some of you will get this. Even when you are walking with a clarity in hearing the voice of God, you will still seek godly counsel. Hearing the voice of God does not make you a lone ranger. It makes you more a part of the family and having it confirmed through wise counsel instead of becoming independent going, I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to ask anybody. The confirmation of a number who hear is more powerful than even when I'm hearing alone. I want to tell you it's powerful then, but especially when you are struggling hearing the voice of God with clarity, turning to someone who has greater clarity, and can I say this to you? Not going them expecting, tell me what to do. Have you ever tried that with me? You come to me and go, call. What is God saying to me? 
I will flip that around so quick on you. Let me tell you what I did with my kids. My kids would come and go, Dad, can I do this? And I would say, what did God say? Well, Dad, you hear better than I. Just find out and just tell me, would you? No. (laughs) I'm not here to make you dependent on me. I'm here to make you dependent on God. I want you to go back to your room. I want you to wait on the Lord. I want you to listen. You come back to me with what God tells you. Then I'll share with you what God told me, and we'll see how close they are. Oh, there were times when the Grand Canyon seemed narrow. But as time went by, that canyon narrowed. And let me tell you, when they came back, having learned to hear the voice of God and shared with me what God said, and I go, that's exactly what I got. Godly counsel. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. How many of our lives would be different today, different relationally, different financially, different emotionally, different spiritually? How many of our lives would be different today in every way if we had had this pattern our entire life? You and I can't change what happened yesterday. But I'll tell you, we can change what happens today. Would you write down number five? Would you just write down peace or no peace? Peace or no peace? One of the areas that the enemy does not want us to grow in is the reality that God is not out there somewhere and we have to somehow get his attention when, we're, when, when, when we need something. I, I, I've loved saying this to people when they walk in and they go, you know, I'm just feeling like God can't hear my prayer. I go, is that true? They go, yeah, I just can't break through the ceiling. I say, let's go outside for a second. We walk outside, we get outside, and I go, okay. Now I want you to swear and curse. I want you to say the worst things. They go, I'm not doing that. I go, they go, how come? And, I, and, and, and they go, well, well, God will hear me. I go, you're telling me that if you're outside swearing and cursing, God will hear you, but when you're on your knees praying that he doesn't hear you? Well, the last thing the enemy wants for you and I to get is that God is not out there somewhere. Where is he? Right here. God is right here. We have talked about this already. We're going to talk about it more when we pray. This is, this is as far as when we pray, this is as far as it needs to go right here. Right here. It doesn't even go on the outside of me. It, it's on the inside of me. And when I'm listening, this is as far as I have to go. It's from here, here. It's not somewhere this way. It's from here. We hear in the Spirit. We don't hear with these, right? The enemy does not want you and I to know that our relationship with God is on the inside. It is not externally affected. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is in us as believers 24-7, never leaves, never forsake. 
whether we are conscious of him or not, he is there. And whether we hear his voice with clarity or not, he is powerfully at work inside of us, seeking to guide and lead and direct into the good things that God has. And one of the ways he does it is by giving us peace or taking that peace away. How often have we said this? We step into a circumstance and we go, I don't understand it fully. But I, I just have no peace about doing that. Or we go, I, I have no peace about going to that place. We're thinking about going, I, I got no peace. Or we meet somebody and we walk away and we go, I, I don't have peace about that person. Can I tell you that may be the Spirit of God on the inside of you, guiding you? We've all had those times where we've had no peace, and we did it anyway. The peace was not there, and we did it anyway. And after it didn't work out, we look back and we go, I knew. I had a sense. Before we signed that, before we went there, before I walked down that aisle, I knew that I, I just wasn't at peace and I did it anyway. Can I tell you, even when we are not hearing with clarity, Holy Spirit on the inside of us will do, be doing everything in his power to get our attention. When you have no peace, go, God, is this you? Peace or no peace? Would you write down number six? Would you write down flesh 180? Flesh 180 degrees. I will never forget, never forget, when Holy Spirit said to me one day, we were just talking in our, my quiet time, the Holy Spirit he said to me this, you've heard me say it before. He goes, Colin, you could be deaf, dumb, and stupid and still know my will. That was encouraging to me. You could be deaf, dumb, and stupid spiritually and still know my will. And I said, God, how? He said, if all you do is 180 degrees opposite of what your flesh would do, you'll be pretty darn close. Did you catch that? Romans 8. Our flesh and the Spirit of God are diametrically opposed to one another. My flesh is hostile to the things of God. That means when my flesh is wanting to run, I should probably what? Stay That means when my flesh is wanting to shoot curse words out at someone, I should probably what? Bless them? That means when my flesh is wanting to hold on to something because of fear, I should probably what? Let it go and be generous? 
That means when I'm sitting and, and I, I feel like I have a word, but I'm not going to stand up because I don't speak very well and my flesh is going, no, I should probably, what? Stand up and let God speak through me? When my flesh is wanting to indulge in anything, 180 degrees says, don't open that fridge. Don't turn that computer on. One hundred and eighty degrees. Can I tell you, in the growth period of learning to hear the voice of God, if all we did was stop and think about what our flesh is wanting to do, and can I say to you, that's not difficult. We know our flesh very intimately. We don't have to think about it. We know what our flesh wants to do. But if all we did was stop before giving it the reins and saying, okay, flesh, you drive this thing. If all we did was stop and go, okay, I know what my flesh is wanting. What's 180 degrees opposite? And if we did that, deaf, dumb, and stupid, we would be pretty darn close. I'll tell you, that was incredibly helpful for me because I was there a long time. Do you remember that statement? People wore it on their wrists and they wore it around their neck. WWJD? You remember that? WWJD? Is it possible that 180 from our flesh might be WWJD? That that is what Jesus would do? Would you write down number seven? Would you write down slight, lean? Slight, lean. Let me demonstrate it. Did you get that? Just look up for a second, would you? Did you get it? Let me explain it. As a young believer, grew up in the Lutheran church, I had the opportunity to listen to a man, a man of God, a man that God used to awaken the Lutheran church in the United States of America to the things of the Holy Spirit. He was the father of the charismatic movement, Pastor Larry Christensen. When he was asked about being led by the Spirit of God and hearing the voice of God and doing the whole deal, he answered it this way, and it was absolutely amazing. He said, for me, I think we were all expecting him to talk about Moses and the audible voice of God and just that it's not how he answered. He said, for me, he said, sometimes all it is is an awareness of a slight lean in one direction or another. He goes, that's it. He goes, there's no clouds crashing. There's no fireworks. There's no earthquake. There's no trumpets blowing. He goes, sometimes it's the awareness when the Spirit of God inside of me is giving me a slight lean to go in this direction. He goes, 
I've learned sometimes that slight lean is the Spirit of God going, I want you to go this way instead of that way. How many of us are sensitive enough to pick up the slight lean of the Spirit? I have never forgotten that. When things have not been that clear to me, I got to tell you, I have looked for the slight lean. Trust the Holy Spirit on the inside who is seeking powerfully, powerfully to lead, powerfully to guide, powerfully to direct. When we are not hearing the rhema word with clarity, That was the head of the charismatic movement of the Lutheran Church in the United States of America. Tell me how profound. One last one. Would you write down, God speaks through others? God speaks through others. One of the things that the Lord taught me as a young dad and just learning what it meant to be the head of a home and man, still got learning to do, but when the kids were young, began learning this, one of the things God taught was that not always would God use me to speak out his will for our family. Let me say that again. Just because you may be the spiritual head of your home does not mean you are the only one that God will speak to to reveal the direction your family should go. My job as the head was not always to have the answer. And I learned that very quick. My job was to discern through whom the answer was coming. Let me explain how we did this. At times... We would do this. We had something going on in our family. We had to decide. We'd all sit around the table, and I'd say, okay, everybody, I want to hear from you what you are thinking about in this area. We began doing this when our little girl was about three years of age. Do you recognize three-year-olds have a voice? Do you recognize that at times God speaks through three-year-olds? As everybody shared around the table, I realized really quickly Oftentimes, I did not have clearly what God wanted for us, but as I opened up and allowed everybody to speak, Jane and I quickly discerned through whom God was speaking. There were times that it was our little girl that spoke out and we went, that's it. There were times where our nine-year-old, 10-year-old Malachi, our oldest, would speak out, we go, that's it. There were times when our Zach in between, we went around and all of a sudden God said, he spoke and we went, that's it. Yes, there were times when Jane spoke and I spoke and God used us and we spoke. But not always. Can I, can I tell you really clearly? One of the mistakes pastors make is believing they're the only one who God speaks through in the church. <laughs> that is so far from the truth. I can't tell you how many people have come and visited in our church 
when we've been able to share and move around and have our standing times where people get up and they share with God and people are listening going, holy smokes, God spoke through them. God, they're not ordained. They never went to Bible school. They, they didn't do university. That kid is only seven years old. How does that... Some of you remember when Maggie from the healing room was here that day. We spoke a banner over Vanessa who was with her and person after person after person stood up and shared with her what God was speaking into her life. Vanessa looked and go, your entire church is green. God is speaking through all of them. Does God do that? When you're not hearing clearly, there are times when God will speak through somebody and you will know that it's him. Can I ask you parents, has God ever spoken to you through your child? You miss that, you will often miss the voice of God. I don't know if you're like me. When I learn something, when I learn it's possible, I would like to have it down right now. When I learned that I could hear the voice of God, I wanted to walk out of that concert and go, I want that now. Are you like me? Or how many of you go, yeah, I know that's possible, but I'm fine waiting 40 years. I want to tell you, doesn't work that way. You know that. It doesn't work that way in any area. It doesn't work that way in hearing the voice of God with clarity. There is a growth period. There is a learning period. There is a developing sensitivity period. That's okay. There's a grace for that while we're in that period. But let me say this. It doesn't have to be 40 or 60 or 80 years. In the midst of our growth period, God is still wanting to guide us. He is still wanting to lead us. He is still wanting to direct us. He is still wanting to commune with us. This is not an all or nothing. There's people who go, well, I don't hear from God, so I guess I'm on the outside. And others go, I hear from God clarity, and so I guess I'm in that elite group. No, this is not an all or nothing. This is growth. This is maturity. This is development. Development. Let me throw, go through it again. During this period, ask. Even when you're struggling to hear, ask and inquire. Develop the pattern of asking and listening. Go and search the Logos word and let the Spirit of God come out. Seek out spiritual advisors. Be sensitive to having peace or no peace. Learn what your flesh wants to do and do a 180. Become sensitive to the slight lean. And be open for God to speak to you through someone else. Maybe your wife, maybe your child, maybe your pastor, maybe a donkey. When we aren't hearing clearly, God still has a way of getting through. Would you bow with me this morning? Dana, could I have you come? If you are listening today, 
And as we are talking about hearing the voice of God, you recognize that's not something that you've had in your life because you know that you are not in right relationship with the Lord. There's never been a time in your life where you have made that decision to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're at that place today and you just sense inside of you that you don't want to go through another day without him, I just want to invite you to pray with me. It'll be my words, but you make them your own and God will hear your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me so much that you went to the cross and paid the price for my sin. I believe with all of my heart that you were raised from the dead. And with my mouth today, I declare you as Lord. And so right now, I invite you to come into my life. Be my Savior. And be my Lord. And Holy Spirit, fill me. Open my ears to hear the voice of God and be led by his voice alone. If you prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family of God. We believe you've been born again into the kingdom. We'd love to hear from you. For those of us who are listening who've been in the church and walked with God for a long time and the struggle of hearing, we're still in that place. We're in that growth period. We're not at that point of hearing with clarity yet. In the midst of that, God is saying, I am still wanting to speak. I'm still wanting to lead. I am still wanting to make my heart known to you. Father, would you remind us again that you were the one who created us, your sheep, to hear the shepherd's voice. That was your idea. And it was a good idea. I thank you again that faith comes by hearing. And when we hear that we can hear with clarity, it stirs inside of us a hunger and a desire. God, we give you permission to do whatever you need to do to bring us to that point. But until then, thank you. Thank you that you have a way of speaking. Thank you that you have a way of guiding. You have a way of leading. You have a way of getting through even when we feel like we're not hearing. Father, today, I believe there are some who are very discouraged. There are some who have been in the church. There are those who have been believers for that 20 and 40 and 60 years which I talked about still don't hear, still don't have the confidence, still don't have the boldness in identifying the voice. Father, today, would you lift that discouragement? Would you empower them to know six months? Holy Spirit, you can teach us and equip us to hear your voice 
and to be led by you in these days. Father, today for those who have strongly believed that hearing with clarity is for someone else, today would you smash that stronghold and bring them to a place of realizing if I am your sheep, you will empower me to hear your voice. Father, we don't just want it. We need it. Because if we're not led by you, we will be led by a different voice. And so today we give you permission. Continue to work. Continue to heal. Continue to remove. Continue. And by faith we say thank you. As Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. As a child of God, I declare to you today what you already know. The great shepherd of the sheep has blessed you and he's keeping you. He has caused his face to shine on you and he has been gracious to you. He has lifted up his countenance upon you and filled you in these days full of his peace. I declare that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody believing and receiving said, Amen. God bless you today. Have an awesome week. We will see you next Sunday, 10 o'clock.